For the new season of the Gridiron Japan podcast, myself, Greg James, and John Gunning are joined by former Obic Siegel linebacker B.J. Beattie to talk about last year's Rice Bowl Championship and review of the off-season moves of the X-League. We also review the first week of the Super X-League and talk about the top players making waves on the field. We then take a look at the current players from Japan playing in Canada and Europe and also talk about the expansion of the league as well as provide predictions for week two of the Super Division of X-League competition. Hey, welcome to Gridiron Japan. We are here for season two, and we're going to be covering the, tonight, we're going to be covering the X-League opening uh, season, and we're here with BJ Beatty, now coaching at Tokyo University, yep. formerly of the Obik Seagulls, and with John Gunning of the Japan Times and Inside Sport Japan. Gentlemen, welcome. Morning. Well, good afternoon for you, huh? Yeah, evening. it's evening over here. <laughs> Hey, Greg. Hey, BJ. Good to see you guys. And for people wondering, Zach is still with us, but Zach is, uh, well, he's working second shift now. So (laughs) time-wise, things just aren't working out. Uh, You know, you know, we're doing this, you know, you know, on different parts of the world. So something had to give. And so Zach's going to join us when Zach gets a chance uh, for the upcoming shows. But for tonight, you know, we're starting out, you know, going to the first show. And there's a lot of things to cover. And what we're going to start off with is kind of picking up where we left off last season. And unfortunately, we weren't able to do a, um, a final show talking about the X-League Championship. Um, it was on YouTube, but unfortunately, it was pulled down off of YouTube. So, um, and that was not, that was, it was uh, um, somebody on YouTube had it up there for a while and it was a great game, but um I think it's back. Somebody else has it up back on YouTube now that people can watch it. So, um, gentlemen, let's talk about that game. It was a good game. Is John, you want to go first? Yeah, yeah we. Yeah, we ju- <laughs> you guys are closer to it, probably watching it live versus me who caught it on tape delay. So, yeah, I let BJ talk about that one. Um. Yeah, you know, you had Fujitsu and Panasonic, right, meeting up in the Rice Bowl, and um. You know, the Panasonic took the victory in the regular season, right? And, you know, watching that game, there's always, for me, there's always something that happens in when Panasonic and Fujitsu meet in the Tokyo Dome. And for some reason, Panasonic can't get over that hump. You know, when you look at their roster, and I remember we talked about it early in the season, right, with John and stuff, like, their roster was loaded. And they just couldn't get it done. They couldn't get over that hump, you know, and Fujitsu did what Fujitsu always does. They just come out and win it. Um, I don't know if it's, you know, Panasonic having to come all the way up to Tokyo, not sleeping in your bed, those kinds of things. But during the regular season, they beat Fujitsu and Kawasaki. Uh, watching that game, Fujitsu on defense, they never broke. You know, they would, Panasonic would drive, drive, drive. And at some point, Fujitsu was like, okay, here, the, it, that ends right here. And they just couldn't get over it. And for me, I just kind of watched that game. And I think it came down to coaching, just adjustments, especially in the second half. Yeah. I think Fujitsu adjusted very well to what they, Panasonic was doing on both sides of the ball. And this year, you know, they got a new QB. They also have a, another American coach that came into Panasonic. So we'll see if maybe that's the little piece that was missing. But for me, that's just kind of how I saw that game last year. And I remember I told John right before the game, I was like, Fujitsu is somehow going to win this. 
I, I had that feeling watching it as the game, just the momentum. The Fujitsu just seemed like they had the momentum the entire game. And, you know, by the time they got to the fourth quarter, I was like, yep, this is how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. John? Yeah, for me, it's like, so that was Fujitsu's fourth championship in five years. You know, I think the historical aspect of it to me is so they won their first ever title in 2014 and the following year Panasonic won and then BJ's team won in 2020 but the rest has been Fujitsu so like that's their without ever having won a championship before 2014 they were always the bridesmaid I think they'd lost like something to five or seven yeah. title games and had never won so they've, they've rattled off six of the last eight and mm-hmm. You know, BJ talks about like the coaching and everything. Since they brought in like the trio of American coaches, since they had like Kevin Leitner on the offensive line, Pierre Ingram, you know, who's doing the offensive stuff, like he's offensive coordinator, running back. So I just he does all of the, the offensive stuff. And I mean, they had Tom Kalmeyer, who was a, you know, another NFL veteran player and coach. He was in defensive backfield. And then they have Greg Gregory. Like they brought in all these American. Uh, position coaches and coordinators and I think that's you know they've been brilliant at recruiting Uh, you look at their players that they brought in like they have the same guys year after year like they hardly ever need to change and they have like the top level players and great coaching and you know once they made that change and fully committed I think we had the like the startup they they're now since um since 2013 since actually the end of 2012 they lost to deers i think it was december 2012 they lost to deers but they have two losses to obic (laughs) and three losses to fujitsu in the in the decade since and they are 57 and 0 against every other team in japan so they they have a total of five losses over the last decade two to pan two to obic and three to panasonic and that's it and like 57 and zero so they're they're a machine and they just you know Panasonic and Obic are able to stick close to them. Well, maybe not Obic so much this year, but we'll we'll see how that goes. But, um, you know, they're just, they destroy everyone else. And I think that when it comes to the games against the other two big powerhouses, like you said, Greg, you you could just see them. They have have that experience of winning, but they have that self-belief and they always have something that they can dig into. You know, it just seems there's always something extra left that they can just dig into. So... They, yeah, they kind they kind special. they kind of remind me of the Steelers of the, the late seventies. They yeah, you just I, I mean that's kind of the R. I mean I know you know for those who are listening may not even remember or were around when the Steelers, but that's Steelers. how the the Steelers of the seventies were. They would just completely they would smash you in the mouth and at the end of the game. So mm-hmm. you know for instance you know the championship game it reminded me a lot of when. Uh, the Ram, the upstart Ram, you know, the Rams almost beat the Steelers, but the Steelers, you know, at, by the end of that game, they made the statement, no, you're not taking this from us. So that, that was, that was how I, I saw it. Um, and as we've seen, you know, so after the championship, you know, thinking, okay, we're starting a second, the new season start, we got expansion, we got 12 teams now. And Fujitsu comes right out of the gate and punches the creators right in the mouth and uh, definitely, definitely, uh, they're not, they're, they haven't slowed down, I guess. I predicted that game the creators would win 
63.3. And I had some like the Fujitsu guys are contacting me privately saying, don't be doing that. You know, it's the first game. Nobody knows. They have all new foreigners over on at Tokyo Gas. And uh, so I got back to them. I was like, you know, don't tell me. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell me because I I know and you know they they went up like forty nine zero and then like basically or they what were they like forty two zero at the half yeah and something zero, like uh, that they, they, yeah they pulled all of the starters then essentially yeah you know, no but none of the starters played and they, by the end of the by the fourth quarter they were down to their third string essentially I think they were like the third or fourth quarterback but like they don't want obviously you know like to, those kind of predictions you know because they want to tramp down the expectations nobody wants to be such overwhelming favorites but I mean, right. it was obvious that you know they're just there's no competition there's only really one that's one of the you said talk about an expanded top division but you know one of the issues with that is when you have a team that's doing everything right and you have a couple other teams that are really strong. What is the point of bringing in these? Creators aren't one of the teams that were brought up, but you know they are right. one of the weakest teams in the division. What what is the point of bringing up teams that are going to get beaten by you know a hundred points if the starters play the entire game? So, um, yeah, that that result, even though it was only forty nine zero in the end, it doesn't surprise me because if they played the full starting team for the entire game, it could have easily been a hundred zero. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was complete domination from the from the moment they kicked the ball off, and like you said, they pulled everybody at the you know at the end of the half, and oh you know. But then, and I, John, you might know this better than me, but I don't recall seeing a huge lot of substitutes for the other team coming in. So is is Tokyo Gas just completely uh, talent wise just out number outgun period with because I know. Tokyo Gas had issues last season. Of course, last season was different with the pandemic and everything. Um, they were kind of our darlings there for a minute. We thought, well, maybe they're coming back and they're going to win. And but um, yeah, they looked pretty weak. And but again, you're going up against Fujitsu, so um, that game. And then we had, let's see here. I've got. Uh, then we had Panasonic going against the Panasonic going up against Nojima and mm-hmm. Obik going up against the sun so um and those games turned out of the way i mean if i would have made a prediction i would have probably gone kind of way the scores went bj well if you look at the rise in the panasonic game for me i was disappointed in the rise um you know the game wasn't that far you know um just offensively i don't know they were on the one yard line they try to run like a naked bootleg and you know, Kurt gets tackled for, I think it was like a minus 20 yards. So they essentially Panasonic got a touchback, yeah. you know, and then just watching their game plan and things like that. Some of the stuff was conservative for me, you know, their big tight end Darnell Jenkins didn't really get in the game. And I'm kind of like, why wouldn't you want to put that guy? That guy's a mismatched nightmare guys. Right. What? Six, seven, like two sixties got wheels, you know, and for me, just kind of watching the overall of the game, like, at the end of the score, right, you know, at the end of the game, you see the score, but that didn't really tell the whole story because in the first half, it, was, it wasn't it was as close. You know, it ended, what, three, I want to say three, three at the end of the first quarter. You know, Panasonic got a scoop in score and things like that. I mean, the Rise's defense was holding on and just kind of their offense wasn't, you know, val- trying to balance that out. And, you know, for Panasonic, um, they had a lot of hype and – you know, I was excited to watch their offense and 
I'll give them this. I'll give them the week one excuse. You know, I think they're still trying to figure out everything. Um, I know they lost. I think Alfonso left in the second quarter, I think, because he was cramping. Um, you know, they had a couple untimely turnovers from their new quarterback. I think he's still trying to find his rhythm. You know, but Panasonic has that O-line, that massive O-line and that mm-hmm. run game, you know, that stable of running backs. They got, um, you know, Vic, number five for Panasonic. And then they have um, number 42, the young kid. I think he's only his second year in. Yeah. Um, big guy. But they're like, you know, they're opposite ends of the running back spectrum, right? Vic is the the quick, you know, speed guy where 42 is the guy who's going to try and just pound your face in. Right. And he's a big boy, too. I think he's like 230. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He runs like a 4640. So, you know, don't let him get moving because that's a big guy. And what I liked about, you know, with the way Panasonic ran the ball was, and this is just me, I always like, you know, fan, you know, and when I do football games and all that, I like it. I I like having running running back by committee. And Mm -hmm. just looking at the stats with Panasonic, I mean, every, I mean, six different guys ran the ball for, you know, whether, you know, I mean, so that's what I like. So they weren't relying just on one running back. It was, you know, they were just pounding the ball every chance they had and, you know, accounted for two of the touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And then even like for me, right, the offense struggled, but Panasonic's defense, you know, they don't really look like they missed a step. They look solid. You know, they, right. held, they held the rise to three points, you know, and I, I think that says a lot for you to come out, you know, in your first because last year, you know, the Rise had Panasonic on the ropes. So for the um, Panasonic's defense to come out in the first week and say, hey, nah, you get three points and that's about it. Yeah. That's big on their part. They also got a touchdown on their end. And, you know, I think at some point that offense will find itself. And once they do, you know, then then we'll see what they really look like, you know, and we'll see what right. for them. I think I see what the rest of the season might look like. Yeah. And, and when Obik played, the Suns. I mean, it was just complete domination by Obek, your team, your old team. Um, At least I thought it was. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Would I agree with that? I don't, I don't know. know. Because yeah, I mean, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. And th- there's nothing personal with what I'm about to say, but they look sloppy. Okay. They look very sloppy. You know, that game shouldn't have been 42 to 10. Uh, that game should have looked somewhere like to what Fujitsu and Tokyo Gas look like. Right. You know. Um, Honestly, right, if you take away the punt return touchdown, you take away the interception return touchdown, Fukuoka Suns are up 10 to 7, you know, at halftime. And, yeah. you know, I think where Obe got lucky was, and at some point, I, you know, and I was texting with some friends and stuff, I was like, they'll hold out and it'll start to break away because the Suns didn't rotate on defense. Their guys were out there the entire time. And at some point, you know, I was like, the floodgates are going to open and Obik will start hitting stuff and things like that. And you saw that towards the end, right? All of a sudden. And that's what I, yeah, that's what I was kind of, that kind of, kind of hitting towards, yeah. you know, not so much the beginning, yeah. but towards the end, it was just yeah. Obik just steamrolled after that, mm-hmm. after that set, mm-hmm. that first half. I would say. And then that, even, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go on, BJ. Oh no. And then like, for me, for the Suns, just watching the Suns, they just looked happy to be there. And that kind of was like, you're not that out of the game, you know, at some point they were just trying to throw long passes every single play. And I'm like, at some point, you know, you got to be a little bit smarter than that. You know, it, the game wasn't as far as away as it was, right. It was 10 to 21. That's two point. That's two plays, you know, right. and you don't, 
you know, they, they were just, and I think the Suns were kind of looking at it like, oh, we got to score now, we got to score now. And that just played into Obik's hand, you know, mm-hmm. that just played into Obik's hand where it's like, oh, if this is all you're going to do is just try and throw streaks this whole game, you know, then that just makes everything easier for us. And, you know, I think if the Suns want to compete at the Super, you know, they're going to have to buckle down. They're going to have to figure out, you know, you can't just, you're not going to beat anybody just throwing four deep, you know, sending four deep every time, throwing it up and asking for a prayer. Yeah. So, you know, they're going to have to figure out some things on offense. They're going to have to figure out, hey, look, this is what the defense is giving us, you know, because Obig's defense figured out, hey, they're going to go streaks all game. And the DBs are playing at 10, 12 yards off the ball. Right. Where I just throw it now or throw quick stuff. That's cheap five yards every single time. When you get the guys creeping up, that's when you go over the top. But right. you know, I think the Suns just need to not be so, hey, we're happy to be here. They need to, if they want to compete, they got to yeah. show it. Well, and Nishiyama threw it up 51 times too, of which yeah. there were only 21 completions. You don't win yeah. games with that completion percentage mm-hmm. at all. At all. Though, you know, with Obik though, the one thing I like about Obik is their quarterback is uh, Jason Smith. Mm-hmm. Same name as my brother. So I, 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 get, <laughs> I saw that pop up. I go, Oh, wow. Nice. Nice. But yeah, no, I mean, but yeah, when that second half, I mean, that if you just go with that, I mean, after the first half, I mean, first half they had a chance, but then they went in, they came out in the second half and it was just, all I saw was them just chucking the ball and praying yeah. something sticks. And I would that's say, gonna, yeah. so I did the predictions for all of the games for inside sports Japan for that. And not only like, I mean, all the results kind of went as you would expect, you know, maybe there were some games people would have thought, but I I not only got this, all the results, right. But all the scores were like very, very close to what they ended up as. But Mm -hmm. if you look at how the games, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You got the point spread, man. I I would be, I'd have my own private Island by now, but um the thing is, like a lot of the games, even though they finished up, you know, like I had Obik 42-0 and it was 42-10, you know, right. 30-10 was 37-17. So like the, the margin of victory in all of them was pretty much the same as I predicted. Yeah. But how the games went, you know, like so Suns were way more in contention for much longer than I expected. Even though like Obik have all, the, you know, they lost BJ and his brother and you know, they're, they're putting a wide receiver at quarterback. A guy, I don't know, Jason Smith hasn't played quarterback since, what, high school or something? For 10 so, years. For 10 <laughs> since years, he was 18. Right? You know? He's 28 yeah. years old now. So, so 10 they years have, he hasn't played quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the turbulence that's going on in there, like BJ said, if that was Obik's team from last year, I would have predicted the same as, Panas, as Fujitsu. I would have thought like an 80, 90-point win. Um, but because they're still like 40 points better than Suns, even with all that turbulence going on. Right. So uh, I think one of the, you know, we have, I think I did as well, like the prediction for the entire season, how every game is going to work out and how the playoffs are going to work out. And I would be surprised. I would say there's only, there's only a handful of games throughout the season. Maybe you could say like creators against uh, challengers, you know, maybe IBM. Nojima. There's a few yeah. that could maybe go e- either way. But one of the issues that probably you're going to be dealing with week in, week out is the fact that the X-League in bringing in four teams to make an eight-team top division didn't just go with a, a single you know, round robin or something. They split it into two divisions where the, the delineation between the strength of each team is very, you know, 
very easy to see. So I think, you know, Panasonic is better than every team in that division. All big, uh, Fujitsu is better than every team in their division. So yeah, I think we, we, we're probably going to know almost all of the results in advance. Um, it's so like, we can talk a little bit about how, you know, Suns did better, or, you know, they, they kept the game close for a while, but still it ends up with the score that was expected. Right. And still, you know, Panasonic ends up 20 points better than Nojima, even though like Nojima did well for a while, you know, Lions came back a little bit against Asahi, but Asahi are still, you know, about 20, you know, 20 points. Well, they end up 10 points better, but they're like 10, 15 points better. I mean, if, if you look at the gap in what a team can do, mm-hmm. you can get a very close approximation for every single game. So, um, and it, yeah, it kind of follows on last year too. I mean, we saw the same, I mean, for, for like Zach and I coming into this brand new and, you right. know, those patterns, I mean, are showing up in, in the scores now. And I'm like, oh, okay, now I, now I understand. I understand better where the league is at talent wise with, you know, the top teams versus the bottom teams. Yes, but there is a group. I mean, it, you can say, okay, Fujitsu and Panasonic this year seem like it's, they're going to be in the, the rice bowl. I mean, any, that another, any other outcome would be a, stunner for me then you can say big blue nojima seagulls because seagulls have dropped down a little bit maybe they're in a kind of group on their own so like i guess obix obix probably deserved the benefit of the doubt because you know they are one of the big three normally but i i don't think there's a huge amount between those three teams and they're a little bit they're a step below the top two but then you know you have a group of teams like asahi you have deers the two asahi teams deers finies i guess you know, even maybe you can put in like the, the Suns, Lions and Creators, you know, on a, on a good day. Mm-hmm. But like, they don't get to play each other. This is the problem, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're separated. So, you you know, instead of Fujitsu playing IBM and Panasonic, they're playing, I don't know, which division are they in? But they, well, they're... We're Obic, Challengers. Yeah, they're playing the Suns, right? Elecom and the they'll play the Suns this Gals, week. Right? Well, that gets me, that, 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 I'm looking here at, at, at the schedule. And so that gets me into my one question I had. And obviously I did, wasn't able to ask you guys that question before we started recording, but in terms of the number of games in the play, how, did th- how much, what has changed with the addition of four additional teams schedule wise playoff format wise, has anything changed? Yeah, they Not really, well, I mean, it's, a, it's back to the way it used to be. Kind used of. to be without yeah. the Rob, without the round Robin. Yeah, without the round robin. So basically, yeah. what they split the two, the twelve-team top division into an A division and B division, um, or like conferences, we we'll say. So you have Panasonic, right. IBM, Nojima, Silver Star, Deers, and Lions in the A division, and in the B is Fujitsu, Obik, Kobe, uh, Challengers, Creators, and Suns. And they don't. There's no cross play. So basically, oh, you have okay. two okay. sixteen yeah. divisions. And the top four teams in each division will go into the quarterfinals. Okay. It's a, and it's a straight quarterfinal knockout. So, like, the top team in Division A will face the number four team in Division B. Oh, so kind of like baseball. Yeah. So, it's kind of <laughs> like that. And then you have what's going to happen is the bottom two teams in each division will play off. And then the loser will face the bottom, the top two teams in Got the it. second tier and in a promotion relegation playoff. But it's... The way they set it up with seedings, depending on placings from last year, means, yeah. So I, I just think you can see the record. You know, I yeah. can see I can see the record of every team. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I predicted it all the way through to the Rice Bowl Championship, and 
I would lay money on that. I would lay money that I get every single game right in August through to January, you know, which is a really, you know, that's that's not good. That's right. not good. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's still a top-heavy league, but you got to have more games where teams are of an equal strength. If you're going to attract people and you're going to bring in fans, you can't have everything so predictable, I think. You know, mm-hmm. sport right. bad yeah. competition. So I, I, I don't like the system this year. Um, I think they need to fix, obviously, the imbalance in power. It's very difficult in an amateur league, but you've met, I think they've made it worse. They could have just brought in the, the, the 12 the four I made it 12 and they had some kind of like, you know, 11 game season and like mm-hmm. a shorter playoffs or whatever. But yeah, it's, I'm not a fan at all of the new system. Yeah. Yeah. And well, even yeah. as a player, right. I mean, I looked at it while I was getting ready in the spring when I thought, you know, I was kind of looking at it. Well, now, you know, had this been my last season, it kind of would have been, I don't get to play Panasonic. I don't get to play rise. I don't get to play IBM, mm-hmm. you know, and it was kind of like, that's kind of sucks. Um, so from a player standpoint, it's kind of, it's probably not as exciting either, you know, kind of in a way teams get to kind of hide out, right. You know, you're not going to get Ovik Pana. You're not going to get Fujitsu Pana, IBM Fujitsu, IBM Ovik. You're not going to get all those kind of throughout these last couple of years where it was just the top eight. You're not going to get those matchups now. And in a sense, right. You kind of get it. Yeah. Like John was talking about like back, Back even in my first year, I mean, or my second or third year, I think I won a game 111 to zero, you know, and yeah, yeah, 111 to zero. The scoreboard said 11 to zero, you know, and like just those kind of games are going to happen and the disparity is just going to even show itself more. And at some point, I think they're going to see it and go like, and they're going to try to retract on the decisions that they made. And hopefully, you know, or at some point, we need to figure out how to close the gap between these teams. And there's just, you know, and yeah, if you're going to bring in more, because essentially what happened was, right, we took away, you took away what, two? Because now there's only five regular season games. You took away two. Mm-hmm. And then there's, so you basically took away three games because essentially, right, because yeah, you took away like three games from how it was before mm. just to bring in four teams when we're already seeing that, the gap is actually pretty big still. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to see, you know, we're going to see what, what it all looks like at the end. We'll see what the, the X league wants to do from here, but from a player standpoint, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's not, it's probably not as exciting anymore because now you're really just looking at it like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, I, and I'm just speaking from my experiences at Obik. I know Obik's just looking at Fujitsu. Like, we just got to win that game because everybody else we can beat is how they're right. thinking. You know, and I'm sorry to backtrack, but that that's exactly what happened against the Suns. And I will tell you right now, in my experience, they didn't get ready for the Suns until the day before the game. Yeah. And that's kind of always been how it was for the last however many years. That's how Obik operated. You know, they're going to look at they're, – they're looking at their schedule and they're thinking, okay, we just got to get ready for Fujitsu. Because talent-wise, we can just beat everybody else. And they don't even have to get ready for Fujitsu because, you know, you have the top four teams. So, you know, if they lose to Fujitsu, that's just basically going to mean they're going to get Panasonic instead of IBM. Probably. So that's and, what their mindset is, yeah. is they don't want to meet Panasonic in the playoffs. Yeah. So, so, you know, that's... But then that's where, right, where that's where these teams start to look, right? They're like, oh, well, we're in this group. So... 
you know, hey, we're looking at this, this, this. And like now you got teams like looking two months down the road when they really should just be like, hey, we play so-and-so this week. And that's it, you know, because that's where you start to lose games, right? You're like, oh, you know, we got, you know, Fujitsu down the road or we got Panasonic, you know, after this game and you start peeking over and that's when you might have an upset. Right. Talent, you know, the talent disparity is still pretty big. And I think that's just where a lot of teams want win. So, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, hopefully, hopefully we can get it shifted back because it was a lot more exciting when it was just the eight teams. We knew we were all going to play each other. There was no hiding out anymore. And because that was kind of the knock on Pana for like my first four or five years when we had this like round robin thing. It was like, so the old format, like Panasonic would play the Challengers, Elecom, uh, the Cyclones, and Blackhawks. Yeah, just the teams in the West, right? Just the Yeah, they would only play the teams in Osaka, <laughs> while the rest of us up here in Tokyo were beating up on each other. Yeah. And then we'd go into the playoffs, but then it would show, right? Because we would kind of, in a sense, we'd be battle-tested, right? And then, like, it was, there was always that, like, thing where... For, for a few years where like Panasonic was like, oh, they're going to get to the playoffs and they're going to lose to a Tokyo team because that was kind of always like the story, you know? And now they've kind of, you know, now they're they're playing everybody else and it's getting mixed up and now they're actually getting over that comp. But, you know, that's I think that was one of the things too with, that was kind of just weird about back in the day. And I think they just, you know, we got to figure out how to just get back to the, to the, just the solid eight teams and just keep it going until, until the teams start really closing the gap you know, I think you can't really expand yet. So, uh, when they did they decided to expand, what was the mind? What was the reasoning that they gave to expand? Was there any reasoning at all? I would Just say to have more teams in the super. Yeah, yeah. There's. It's very much. It's not a centralized power system. Like the teams have a lot of influence and say. Right. Had what happened with when they changed to what we were calling what we're calling the good system where it was just like an a team thing they dropped some of the teams from the top division but the year that they did it it just coincided with three of the biggest and most traditional powerhouses mm. the asahi silver asahi beer silver star, star the deers, deers and, the and then the challengers all three of them had a really bad year at the same time and all three of them got dumped down to the second division like through automatic demotion and through promotion relegation losses. So mm -hmm. then you had a, an A-team top division containing lines and Tokyo gas creators who, you know, would not have been like traditionally strong teams. And you had, so Asahi Beer Silver Star have basically, if you take all championships going all the way back, like into, you know, the mists of history, they are the most successful team in japan they won like pre-x league even like they were winning championships and deers were a two-time champion challengers were a two-time champion so you had a lot of teams who were good in when american football in japan was at its peak in the 90s like the, the challengers and the silver star were some of the strongest teams but they were languishing in the second tier and there was only like one of them were getting a shot at, one of them was getting a shot at promotion every year and it wasn't happening. So I, I would say there was like internal pressure from those teams, you know, to, to get back up. So they wanted their marquee franchises back in the top division, I think. So I'd say that was a lot to do with it. Okay. Well, you know, moving on here in terms of our topics here. So looking ahead at week two, um, you guys want to give some predictions for the six games we got coming up? 
Oh, I haven't even looked at it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I give you the prediction for the entire season in terms of results and for the the rice well, yeah, We can hold off on the predictions <laughs> till the end of the show here, and uh, we'll. Uh, I, I was looking at my discussion topic. The Sorry, one thing. Yeah. 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 So let's do the predictions at the end here. Um, okay. But the one question I had for both of you guys is: is somebody you know? I'm looking at the X League and I'm looking at the rosters. Um, mm. But for those who are listening here there's who who are some of the top players in the x league in terms of american names people might know might have seen in college um play bj you wanna i mean you're 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 close to the ground for a lot of this um who uh who do we have over there this season who people might know from from the college realm um well you know you talked about jason smith earlier right and he's probably He has probably one of the most famous plays in college history. Um, it was Auburn against Georgia, right? They throw a deep Hail Mary. It tips. It goes over the Georgia defender, and he catches it off the tip and runs it in for the win, right? So that was Jason Smith, you know, and that um, that was a big name. Um, probably this year, probably one of the biggest names is uh, Jalen Henderson, who used to play at Boise State. You know, okay. he was a big-time quarterback for them. Then, I mean, you have, um, I mean, then you have like just the guys who've consistently been playing, right? You have uh, Treshawn Nixon, who's a running back for uh, Fujitsu. You also have Adiyami, who's uh, the, the stable cornerback since he's in, entered the X League. Um, we have who, oh, probably one of the biggest, and John, John said it, I think he posted it um, on Inside Sports, was the biggest. Um, transfer as far as going from one team to another that happened and nobody really ever talked about it it kind of just like got swept under the rug and I don't think people realize like how big of a, a get it was for Panasonic was Alfonso coming over yeah. from Elecom yeah um that that yeah. transfer alone was like I was like oh uh okay well that's gonna be a matchup nightmare for the whole league because now you know when when Alfonso was at Elecom it really was just him and Cody, you know, there was yeah. no run game. There was no, you know, game planning for them. It literally was, we have to get to Cody and we have to double team Alfonso and we have to make Cody throw it to someone else. And that was always our game plan when we were at Obit because they weren't, they were, they knew they weren't going to run the ball on us. And we knew at some point we were going to get ahead. They would have to play catch up. And that was going to be what was going to happen. Where now Alfonso is over at Panasonic and He's probably their biggest deep threat, but now you have him with a run game, right? Like we talked about earlier, they have a stable of running backs. So, you know, where your eye is going to be, you know, if you start putting two guys on Alfonso, then your run game is going to, their Panasonic's run game is going to bust wide open. I mean, Panasonic has receivers all over the place, not even just, you know, Alfonso. And then they have a tight end who is, I think he went to, what is it, verse or Virginia Wise or something like that. Um, Mao Watanabe, who counts as a Japanese citizen. You know, you got him at the tight end spot and things like that. That's, to me, that's the biggest, uh, what would you say, trade or, you know, free agency get yeah. of the entire season. I mean, like nobody, nobody even blinked at trying to get that guy. And then when that happened, I was like, oh man, the entire league messed up. You know. There's two. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. So I, I yeah, I was the one who posted that. I, I thought, you know, I mean, obviously they have less games this year, but I was thinking he could mm-hmm. break every record with because you know, he was like you said, he was the only stretch that Elecom had. 
and now he goes to a team where the quarterback has protection and time to throw. They has mm-hmm. a big name quarterback, you know, and like with it with the short season, I don't think he'd break all of the records, but he, I think that was probably the most significant and impactful move. Alphonse Onwar going from Elecom to Panasonic could probably tip. I I think if you pick one thing that could give Panasonic the advantage over Fujitsu this year, that might be it. He's he's literally that good of a player. And I think, you know, they have so many good players on both teams, but having him there could tip it over for Panasonic and have them, you know, get back <laughs> to the top. Yeah, he's a them. long, he's a big, long target too, man. He's, yeah. Yeah. But the biggest he's deceptively name... deceptively fast. Mm-hmm. I, you know, so, IBM picked up Jarrell Presley, right? Yeah, so Jarell yeah. Presley, yeah, yeah like, that, oh, that, yeah. Minnesota Vikings, 2006. Packers, mm-hmm. 2006. Falcons, 2016 to 17. Jaguars, 2017. He's with the New York Giants 2018. Then he was with the Arizona Hotshots and DC Defenders. It's like this guy, he was, you know, there's a lot of guys in the X League who have, you know, been with NFL teams in off season or camp or something yeah. like that. But there's very few that have been His with five different, different NFL teams over yeah. it. You know, it's like he's he's not just a roster bubble guy. He's a guy like who was close to making it with a lot of different right. teams. Right. Know? He was at so the somebody, Super Bowl. Yeah, what? He was at the Super Bowl. Well, I think he didn't. He wasn't active roster, but he oh, was the on the Falcons Super Bowl, one? the twenty-eight to three game. Yeah, right. The Falcons, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, his first his first game, he uh, was it a punt return or a kickoff return? No, it was a kick return. It, all, it was a kick, yeah, return. kick return. Ninety. No fun league. Yep. Yeah, he ran it all the way back, but because he. He turned around into the the last five yards. Didn't he? Wasn't he? I think he was inside the five. Like he, you know, turned he, he did a little. Yeah, he did a little De- Deion Sanders step, but yeah, they took the yeah, I mean, off the board. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, okay? You know what, was the, what? What? I think one of the worst parts about that part, you know, and you know whether the rules and things like that. Let the, you know, yeah, let the guys have fun. If it, there, if there's no, you know, malintentions and things like that, I think we should let the players have fun. But what was interesting about that penalty, because I was at that game and I was watching it live, was the touchdown scored, the field goal team for IBM came on, the field goal block team for the Deers came on. People were lined up, you know, getting ready. The court, the, they, they had their little like muddle huddle thing going on. You know, the quarterback was getting ready to do some shifting and stuff like that. Then they threw the flag. Yeah. So the flag came about like three, four minutes after the fact. And I'm sitting there like, oh, was it like illegal substitution? And I'm thinking, right, like, oh, you're thinking the current play, not the last play. Because and when he did it, I was kind of like, hmm, I wonder if they're gonna throw a flag on that. And they didn't, not right away. So that's why I was like, oh, well, shoot, maybe they'll, you know, let the guys have a little fun, right? Because it's not like he did anything like, you know, obscene yeah. or anything. It wasn't it was very thirty obscene. yards yeah. in front of the defender and just like literally yeah. turned around and jogged backwards. Yeah. But it wasn't even like, yeah, it was just like you see players do week in, week out everywhere. Mm-hmm. Where that like, you yeah. know, they slow down and jog into the end zone, turned backwards. But he didn't even turn around and look at anyone. It was just like, it was more like of a spin. Like he sort of like span into the end zone. Yeah. It was so nothing, nothing. But then, but then the fact that it was, it came about two, three minutes after yeah. the fact was what blew my mind. I was like, oh, wow. They really, they must have like sat there and they were like, Oh yeah, we're supposed to throw a flag. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what was going through their minds at that time, but it was the timing of the penalty was kind of where I was like, okay, but you know, hey, that's you know, yeah. 
it is I what mean, it is. See, not as not as bad as John's uh, Bears getting uh, penalized for wiping the field down, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I tell you what, it, there was it was a monsoon here that day. I mean, there yeah, was. I know, and thank, yeah, it, thankfully, I took everybody off of my fantasy team off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was but quite a. You know the the point, like. You know, you have the range of opinions that people say, why doesn't he just, I think it was like the Barcelona Dragons head coach must have coached him somewhere before mm-hmm. because he was on Twitter saying, I told him about this years ago, don't celebrate till you're in the end zone, five yards deep, you know, and so, but like. You get I, both sides. I, I, was, I know how you fine. are, John. Yeah. What? You want to have fun and yeah. yeah. Well, no, my, my personal opinion is there should be no unsportsmanlike conduct penalties whatsoever unless somebody is involved in violence, unless you're like taking off your helmet and hitting somebody across the head for, for anything, for taunting, for, you know, gestures, there should be yeah. nothing for that. Nothing at all. This is like, Oh, that's just, yeah. I mean, you, you, you know, and that's the sad target thing, right. Is like you go watch, I think it was a Seahawks and Broncos game. I made a huge hit, you know, and he, he didn't really, and it was a little subtle thing and, you know, it's in the field of battle and it wasn't, you know, and he kind of just kind of hit, he hit the guy good and he just stood over him and they threw 15 for that. And it was yeah. kind of like, no, well, you no. remember last year when the, what was it last year? The bears and the, and the Steelers. Oh, yeah. Do you remember right. just the look to the oh, sideline? The ref, the ref, the ref oh yeah, look to the sideline and then it was like the ref bumped him and. No, I yeah, I but the ref bumped okay, him on purpose. So my personal opinion is anything that is not physically harming an opponent is okay. And there should be no unsportsmanlike conduct. If you're, and I think it's personally speaking, if you have an amateur league, or you could call it maybe semi-professional, like the X League, right? right. So 99% of the players in this league are not getting paid a penny for their efforts. They're going away from their families every weekend yeah, either for practice. Right. They're putting their health and lives at risk. This is not a game where for free. people come out with, with either injuries or long-term you know, damage. You're risking your health and your life to entertain people. And then you're saying... You can't celebrate a score. You can't be. You can't, you can't be entertaining. No, no, no. That's yeah. that's complete. Yeah. You know. I agree. NFL, as long as it's yeah, as long as it's not obscene or yeah, like you yeah. said, John, violent. Yeah, let let the guys have fun. Let loose, right? It's yeah. like I always tell you know, like I always tell, like I tell my players at University of Tokyo. I was like, hey, I was like, game day is payday. You know. Yeah. I was like, we bust our butts all week during practice. And when it's game day, like, let's have some fun. Let's let it loose. You know what I mean? Like, celebrate, let it out, you know, have yeah. some fun. If you're and, a professional, yeah. I think you can make rules. I mean, the NFL allows celebrations, like group celebrations in the end zone now. But if you're... If I think, you're yeah, as long as it's not obscene. Yeah. They, they pretty much have free range as long as it's not obscene. But the key point, even in this case, is if you're a professional league and people are getting paid as part of your organization to do something, then you're allowed to make more rules about what they can and can't do. But mm-hmm. if this is if people are not getting paid, but you have fans paying in at the gate, this is an organization that's taking money for these games, but is not giving mm-hmm. any of that money to the players. The players are doing it just for the, you know, the sake of the, the love of the game, the yeah. love of the game. Then they should be allowed to, like, yeah, it wasn't. He, I don't think it. what he did was even a celebration. No, but they should no. they should be allowed to, you know, if they want to take off everything and run around naked i'm fine with it <laughs> i don't want to see that no i don't want to see it but it's like i, I don't care they can do but the I'm antonio throwing... brown thing and just like pull off the pads and like you know 
I'm fine. It's entertainment uh, and it's sport. And if you don't, if you don't realize that sport is entertainment, you're really you don't understand what the game is. You know? yeah, as, yeah. as 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 Mrs. Sunny Werblin told Joe Namath one time, yeah. after Joe Namath was drafted, football's just show business. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I was I said to people if I was playing football these days i'd be ejected in the first five minutes of every single game because i'd be just like i'd be either <laughs> in the worst possible stuff to opponents or i'd be like if i scored i'd be like show but i'd be doing laps of glory around the field you know well it's uh, you know it's survive I, in this kind of league yeah but i agree with you i mean it's got to be fun and like you said these guys you know the guys in the x league aren't getting paid no. i mean there are a few people that are getting paid we know that but in general, it's, you know, I mean, yeah, you go out there and have a fun, I mean, you know, football, I mean, we, we've all played sports, so we know a lot of work goes into it, but come game time, it's, you know, it's okay yeah. to smile during game time. Yeah. It's, um, you know, we're, you know, BJ, you played, I mean, really, I mean, let's face it, you're playing the same game you played as a kid growing up. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's still, it's why people ask, well, I think I was listening to Dan Patrick today. Why do people mm-hmm. love football? Well, well, because it's just fun. Yeah, and there's so much. There's, there's that that answer would take that answer would take way too long. You need like a four hour special, right? You know what I mean? If you're asking guys, right? Because there's so much elements to it, right? And yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we have to, we have to, we have to make it fun, right? And we make it more entertaining. If we make it more entertaining, it'll spread, yeah. you know. And and I'm, you know, and hopefully I can. I'm I'm trying to work close with some stuff with some people in the X League and. You know, just throwing out my ideas because I think the X League needs to shift in a, in a in a way because at some point, you know, especially now with the USFL being successful last year, right. the XFL kicking up. Um, and I was telling somebody up on the higher part of the X League like that if we don't start to, you know, um, broadcast ourselves or just kind of trying to appeal to not only the foreign community here in Japan, but the foreign community outside, you know, right. like, like I was telling him, like, you know, last year I did a, a podcast with two guys who have no connection to the X league. And, you know, you guys, you guys literally found the X league and I fell in love with it. And you, you guys keep up with it. I've done another podcast with some guys and same thing, like they're not related or, you know, they don't really know anybody. So I'm like, wow, there's, you know, there's a decent following, Right. You know, and then you add in all the players' families. You know, my family alone, there was like 80, 90 of them watching every game, um, if they could, you know, depending on the mm-hmm. time. Um, because what's going to happen in my eyes is at some point, the X League is going to fall off as far as the way American players look at it, right? Coming here to play and things like that. Yeah. Is that now you have, right? So NFL is going to be at the top. Now you're going to look at the USFL. XFL, CFL might be in the same plane. Then you got the ELF. Right. Then you're going to have the X League. The only reason why I say the ELF is because the ELF sends their game film um, back to the States. So I know that the USFL and the NFL actually get that game film. The X League, there is no path, right? So as an American player, you're going to look. Yeah. Well, if I go to the X League and that's it, like, you know what I mean? I'm saying that that's going to be it and that'll be it. And you know, some guys kind of come in with the like, hey, I'll just give this a shot for a year and we'll see where it goes. Then you got some guys who are coming in who see this as an opportunity to make a long career. Mm. And I think if you start having that, you know, 
turnstile turnstile kind of thing with Americans, I think you know you're not going to have the long term American players who are helping improve your Japanese players. You know, then you're also going to have the Japanese players level fall off. Right. And then the players, the Japanese players who are really good, are going to start looking at the X League and kind of like, does this get me to my full potential mm. and things like that? And I think guys are going to start looking like, oh, maybe I should go play here and play there. Right. And then even to start to broadcast right now, we're opening up the doors for our Japanese players. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think they're looking at that and thinking about that hard. And we'll see how that changes if we can start doing stuff for that this year or next year. We'll see. Well, I mean, it gets into my when the, the next uh, next uh, question I wanted to ask you guys, you know, and you are kind of already addressed it somewhat, just talking about who do we have from Japan that has made it over to the States um, as far as the USFL, the CFL, obviously the XFL hasn't played yet, but also in the ELF, who from Japan has come over on the other side and, and made a, you know, made, made any rosters. Cause um, I'll be honest with you during the last few months, I've not kept up with things, rosters and everything like I normally do. So who do, who do we have that has come over, you know, with the USFL, we'll start with the USFL. Did anybody from Japan make it on a USFL roster this year? Not this year. I know. No, 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 no. The only people this year are what in the CFL. And then, then one of my former teammates at Obik, uh, Ogura, Ogura is, uh, he was at the what was, Raiders in the ELF. He was on the Raiders, right? And, but um, he didn't make it. But he, he, yeah, they didn't. Yeah, they just he was like a roster, like yeah. a practice squad guy. Right. And the probably the only guy right now, right in the CLF, is Les. Right, he's he's playing for the Blue Bombers at linebacker. Yeah, he's still yeah he's, he's still been, there. Yeah, yeah, he's been getting some action in the games and stuff like that. They also have um, Machino there as an old lineman. Um, right. And then where is uh, Sato at? Sato is at Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, hey, I was going to say, still at Toronto, yeah. yeah. So right now, everybody who is overseas is all in the CFL. CFL. And then okay. I think Ogura is coming back, I think, within the next week or two. So Because the ELF, his team finished up. So Okay. But, well, and know. it's, you know, we got the XFL in the U.S., you know, again, a new seat. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it seems yeah, like it's... we got football year-round anymore. So, and it's awesome. Uh, it, it is. It is. It's. Uh, <laughs> I love it. It'll be. It'll be interesting this year to see with the USFL and the XFL how they do in terms of what the saturation level is here and what you know. Yeah, you got. You guys know Americans have short attention spans, and with the USF USFL did good. The XFL obviously before the pandemic did well. So. It'll be interesting to see. You know, the thing is, the more football, the more jobs, the more opportunity. So, yeah. um, so yeah, now that you have four professional leagues, you know, you have the NFL, CFL, the USFL, and the XFL. So, they're actually four pro leagues. Obviously, all in North America. Of, hmm? all yeah. in North America. They're all in North America, but you know, there's never been professional football outside North America. No. Yeah. Um, so like players are going to have a hard time looking. That's what I was kind of with the Americans, right? They're not really going to start looking out anymore. Yeah. But I mean, back in the day when there was an original XFL, you had, you know, um, Yamada from IBM. Um, was it? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Shinzo. Yeah. Shinzo. Yeah. So like he played for the, what was it? The Maniacs, Memphis Maniacs. Memphis. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so like th- there was, 
there was a lot of guys like who, when there was the NFL Europe as well. There was there was a whole ton of Japanese guys that were playing on teams there. Um, yeah. So I think you will. I mean, more opportunities obviously means that you're going to have. I think there's a lot of really good players in Japan now. Um, I think probably the one that's the hopes are being pinned on is uh, Matsui Riki Riki Matsui, yeah. the IBR, yeah. the Fujitsu wide receiver. So he's going over to the NFL international IPP. combine in london oh. uh, next month um it's it's obviously it's very difficult you know they didn't pick up omi last year and so the nfl combine uh we had it on inside sports band like they, they have what is this uh 12 guys from nigeria who have no football experience so there, there's a huge shift towards real finding diamonds in the rough athletically who don't right. necessarily know anything about football and but who have the physical traits size you know speed all that kind of stuff that could be turned into football players yeah after a few years on practice squads and stuff like that rather than maybe not as physically impressive guys but who have like real football background so like Matsui like if you talk to the Fujitsu guys so Trajan was saying like he's lost count of how many one-handed catches Matsui makes in practice like he's just like it's just a ridiculous like it's OBJ stuff week in week out in practice and a lot of the guys there on that team, which is the best team in Japan, are super high on him. They say he's the person who has the English language ability, who has the actual physical ability and, and the football skills to actually make, a, you know, to become the first Japanese guy to like stick on a, a practice roster for a long time, uh, not just like the off season. So um, we'll see. We'll see how he gets on. You know, he's not the, his, the knock on him is that his 40 time is slow and he doesn't. He doesn't in combine type stuff. You don't see a lot of the traits that show up on the field, you know. So I right. mean, that that might make it difficult for him. But if there's a name to watch, it's Riki Matsui uh, from the Fujitsu Frontiers wide receiver. So yeah, I mean, yeah, Riki's got yeah. I mean, I've played against that guy, mm. you know, and he's he killed me last year. He killed he's me. a baller. He killed me in the regular season game, and he killed me in the semifinal. You know, the guys. That was, I, you know, and that's a guy you never leave one-on-one. You give that guy a one-on-one opportunity, he's going to win that matchup more than he should. And that's the scary thing, you know, and, like, I watch him play and things like that. And, you know, and it, with Omi and stuff like that, you know, he's a great athlete and stuff like that. But Ricky, Ricky, for some reason, like, when I watch him, he, to me, he's like, he at some point he had to have played defense because mm-hmm. the way he goes after a ball is not, it's not not normal you know yeah at least what i've seen in japan he goes after it like he's trying to take it away from you so like he's playing defense you know Mm. and you know he's yeah and you know ricky's yeah he's a good guy and um you know john going back to your stuff i think a lot of you know and i've gotten phone calls from some guys um with the ipp the first question they all ask is whether or not they could speak english yeah yeah you know i think they know their skill sets and things like that like with machino who's at uh, Blue Bombers right now, had his English skill set been better, he'd be on an NFL roster. That was the yeah. one thing that, that was, that was, that was his thing. They, they were like, you have everything, but they couldn't communicate with the guy. And his English is a lot better now from what I've heard. I've, you know, and I, I kind of actually messaged him the other day and he wrote back to me in like perfect English. And like, I was like, do you use a translator? And he was like, no. And I was like, damn, like, <laughs> yeah. You could have used this about three years ago. Who knows where this, you would yeah. be? But um, 
you know, I think there, there, it's going right? to it's going to happen. It's going to happen at some point, you know, I mean, shoot, there was a kid and dang, thankfully he didn't play against us, but um, for Wasetta, this kid was legit six, five, like 270. Like I walked by him when we were warming up and I was like, well, that is a big boy. You know, I thought they might have like exaggerated his stats on the the you know the player sheet and things like that. And I was like, mm, let me see. And I walked by him. I was like, no, he's six <laughs> five. <laughs> yeah, there there is. I yeah, I agree with you completely. You know, the, you can't just like go over there with like conversational English. You know, hoping to yeah, pick you it gotta, up. You have to. You need to be good yeah. from the get go. So you you know you need to be able to. So these guys yeah. they need to be studying English and speaking it from a younger age yeah. for sure. Yeah. But um yeah, we'll yeah, see. You guys have seen hard knocks. You've seen hard knocks enough. Yeah. You see how that coaching room goes and uh-huh. things fly, you know. And yeah, if you can't keep up, you know, then you're gonna get left behind. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, gentlemen, the time has come for predictions for this week. So let's uh look at take a look at the uh the six games we got coming up. And John, you want to lead us off in terms of just who you got? Uh you're talking about we're talking about the top division, right? We have Yeah, we're talking division. super. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Uh, let me just take a look at here. On the 24th, Lions versus IBM Big Blue. Uh, so I, I haven't had a chance to obviously go through these and look at them, but I would uh, I would say IBM are a good 40 points better than by than Lions. So it depends on how much I, I would put that one at 4210. 4210. 4210 for IBM Big Blue right. overall Mitsubishi Lions. Uh, you know what? I got uh, you know what? I'm gonna listen to this podcast again later. So I was yeah. gonna write this down as we talk. I'm like, wait, I'm gonna listen later. So <laughs> before we before I put it out. Um BJ, who do you got in the IBM game? Um, yeah, I want to say with John. You know, I have IBM. Um, you know, I think. Last game, they were a little conservative. I don't know. I think they might rip it open a little bit more. So I'm going to give them 49. Um, and I'm going to give the Lions seven. Okay. I'm, I'm going to 49 to seven. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 35 10 IBM. Mm. And oh, go ahead, John. I'm sorry. Yeah. So then that's the one o'clock kickoff. Two o'clock. Then you have two games. So Suns against Fujitsu. Uh, yeah, so they say Fujitsu put pedal to the metal, that would be a hundred zero, but that's not going to happen. So they they could probably do what they did against Tokyo Gas last week, you know, wrap it up by halftime and then ease off the gas. But uh, I think I have Tokyo Gas ranked lower than Suns, but I I think Tokyo Gas maybe just got caught in the first game. I think they'll probably get better, and especially because they have a lot of impact imports but sons don't have they only really have one import and they're they lost like a lot of their really good players i'm going to put that one at 55 3 to fujitsu no 60 to 3 60 to 3 i think they'll go to 60 points this time bj 63 i got 56 0 I'm going to go somewhere in between and go, I'm going to, I'm just going to go 60 to nothing. It's like right in the middle. I think we're all on the same page though. It's going to, it's not going to be pretty. No, <laughs> no. 
at the same I time then yeah. in Osaka you have Panasonic and Deers uh Panasonic yeah I actually you know they had especially when you have a new quarterback and stuff and no Jimmy but I think Panasonic are a better team than they showed last week so um and Deers surprised me with how good they were last week I, I think they actually put up a really good fight all the way but this one is going to be uh, 49-13 to Panasonic. Panasonic's going to get a block field goal. <laughs> there's, there's no rouges. This isn't the CFL. Hey, I'm just saying, that'd be a cool little parlay to put if you, you're saying they're going to they're gonna get a blocked field goal. You mean the Deers are gonna block one of Panasonic's? No, you said Panasonic. What was it? Forty nine Deers for thirteen. Yeah. yeah. So you saying that? Oh, so you might say that they're gonna get two field goals then. Sorry, no, seven I, touchdowns. One, no, the Deers are gonna get blocked. Okay. Thirteen. No, I see what you're saying. Uh, two yeah, field 13. goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, two field goals. Okay, that's where you were going. Yeah. Two right. field goals. Yeah, I see that. Oh, okay. Hmm. I'm kind of similar. I got 42-14. I'll give I'll give the Deers just kind of towards the end, maybe just get one. You know, I think you know their play calling at the end of the IBM game. They just started slinging it, but maybe they might they might sneak a, a pass in here here or there and get 14 on Panasonic. Hmm. And I was gonna do 49 to 12 <laughs> for Panasonic. It's not field goals. All of a sudden. Yeah. We're in 13, 14, 12. <laughs> All right. And then we got we, we're playing for beer the next the next day. So we got uh Najima. We got yeah, I'm reading, I'm reading yeah. here. Najima and Asahi at eleven o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Asahi Beer Silver Star versus Nojima Sagami Hara Rise. I kind this is an interesting one. Um this could be close. Is this a revenge game? Yeah, so like <laughs> Silver Star are better. So I have Silver Star as like the number six ranked team and uh, mm-hmm. Rise are what do we have Rise? Rise are currently number four ranked. This is like the, the first, the closest one of the ones we've talked about so far. Nojima are still a better team. Um, and I don't think so I think both of them will be better than they were, but I think Nojima are definitely a step up. So um, 29 to 14, Nojima. John, I think me and you might be like connecting right now because I have 28-14. I'm going to go against the grain and go about 20 to 21. Ooh, oh, oh, you got oh, so you have a you have the upset. All right. Yeah, I got the upset. Oh. Asahi, Asahi twenty one. Uh, Najima, you going 20. with the revenge factor for Jimmy? Uh huh. <laughs> what what game was it last year where you predicted like John? Do you remember? I think it was something crazy. Like you had like somebody was it somebody upsetting like. Fujitsu or Pan- oh no, that's what it was. You had Tokyo Gas upsetting Panasonic, 
And I remember me and John in that interview, we were all kind of like, oh, um, <laughs> 71 yeah. zero Panasonic. Yeah, win. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll let you ride with that one. But, hey, you know yeah. what? You never know. Hey, you know. But you know what, though? I'll give you this, you know. this, this one. Yeah, this one might, you know, this one might, right. you know, we'll the see. The team might not show up. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. This is, yeah. No, I, that was, that was like, this is one that showed like Greg had just been like kind of new to the X League, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I loved it. That was awesome. Yeah. That one was a bit, I mean, the, you had logical reasons for thinking so, but I mean, yeah, 71 it's, it's, Everything's a crapshoot with me. It's like, you know what? I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm just tossing darts at this point. So the next game on the slate here. The Beverages versus uh, the Gas Guys. This is actually about, so when I said I went through all of the games this season and I, I predicted the entire season, yeah. uh, like I predicted the wins and losses and stuff like that. This was the one game that I really was going back and forth on, you know, I think that mm. this is the first one. I think that you actually have two teams that are really close, even though like we have I, challengers ranked higher than Tokyo gas and like, you know, Tokyo gas were, abysmal last week they have four new foreigners and they're still kind of figuring it out i think this game will be close okay. i just mm. it's it's really gotta, hard to have you confidence. got a feeling yeah it's it's kind of hard to have confidence in the challengers like they're there's they came up and they're an okay team but there isn't a huge gap between these two so oh man um, I'm just, <laughs> I'm trying to go back and see which one I actually had winning uh, originally. And if I've changed, BJ, can you take this one first while I try and get, figure out what I yeah, actually um, You know, this game's, um, yeah, this one's a little tough too, but you know what? I think I'm going to have this one at 24-17 in favor of the Challengers. Um you know, I think maybe they just the chat. I, I don't know. I think the challengers just might have, you know, the defensively, they played actually very well, which mm. is shocking for me. Mm. Um, you know, but uh, I think, you know, it'll come down to one play. And yeah, that's what I have it at right now 17 24. Yeah, I was looking. I, I picked the challengers to win this, which would have given the challengers a two and three record for the season and Tokyo Gas a one and four. Um, Wow, this is a. It's really hard to know. I think Tokyo Gas will bounce back, but oh man, if I was bet, this is the one game all season long I really just didn't know. But I think I, if I had to bet money on it, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with BJ. I'm going to say that Challengers shade this one, but I'm going to say, uh, twenty four twenty one. To challengers and i was looking at 17 to 14 challengers too so we're all kind of in the same ballpark ballpark range in terms mm -hmm. of points of point differential mm. well this one is one possession huh yeah 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 whoever has the ball last kind of thing i think it could be the game of the week could be the game to watch i mean you know yeah. just for um you know down you know I, I always say you know what the one thing i love about football as long as it's entertaining down the last minute, win or lose, I'm, I'm fine. I can, well, I can, you know, I'm good with, you know, 
obviously it's different when you're on playing in the field. That's completely different or it's your team, but you know, ultimately you want an entertaining game. So I think it's good. I think it's going to be an entertaining game. And then lastly, we've got Obik uh, versus uh, Elecon. Is so. this going to be the, the upset of the year? Obik? Mm. Um, no, it's not. No, not, <laughs> not at all. I, Elecon, I think, I think what maybe happened a little bit was, I, I really like their quarterback, but I think he might have underestimated maybe a little bit the speed of the defenses in Japan. So... I don't, I'm not going to say anyone looked casual, but he reminds me a little bit of the way Justin Fields played when he first went to the Bears. It was like playing at the same speed that he played in college, you know, because what, what worked for you? And getting mugged in the process? Yeah, well, just not realizing that, you you know, I, I really liked what Elecom did at yeah. points, but I think if, if there was a little bit more urgency to it, right? I think, you know, they would have had a much bigger margin of victory. And I think... Obviously, this is a much tougher opponent this week, so I I think they'll they'll be a little bit more keyed into the game. But I yeah I really I really like the way he throws the ball, and the guy just like he just it's like he's, he's almost placing it in the receiver's hands. I really really like Elcom's new quarterback, but I don't think they have enough. Like even with the, the new players around him, I just they don't have enough pieces to get past Obik. I think right now. Um, even with all the turbulence that's gone on in in Ubik. So this one I'm gonna give it like um oh man, Obi didn't look that impressive on offense. So it's like I would say uh, 30 points. Obik will score 30 points and Elecom will score 21. I'll make this a close game. I, I think maybe not 21. No, that's too much. <laughs> 30 to 17. 30 to 17. All big win. And um, BJ? I got 28 21. Oh. All big. So, okay. I'm going to be at that game live. So it'll be interesting. That's one is in the home ground. That's a home game for. Yeah. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting, you know, what the what the vibe is when I'm yeah. sitting in the stands. So we'll see we'll see how the coaching staff operates. Have you already got Cause, your cause, jersey, or your Elecom jersey? Nah, <laughs> more it is right here, my Tokyo <laughs> shirts. But um, no, I mean because you know, for me, I think I think it'll be a close game just because um, defensively we've all you know, the defensive coordinator, he's always kind of had a hard time trying to figure out um, scrambling quarterbacks, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I think the only one we ever really had success against was Devin Gardner. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we had a lot of success, but I kind of chalked that up to his O-line just being terrible and me and KJ just having free range to get to him. Um, but we'll see, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, David Pendel, he, he had a lot of hype coming into him, you know, and you know, I'll give him, I'll give him the week one, you know, the week one jitters pass, but you know, now he's got the, you know, now we're really going to see what he's got, you know? Yeah. He's all over social media, you know, in a, in a good way, you know, he's showing the, the things he's helping with his teammates and stuff, but you know. But isn't he the quarterback that all the teams went after this off season? Didn't Dovey go after him too? Yeah. That was a weird. Yeah. I don't know. Cause I've, you know, he, he got contacted by Panasonic. He got contacted by Ovik and then he just kind of just, I don't know, just 
worked his way to Elecom for some weird reason. Well, because we don't know the salaries, you know, nobody ever releases anything. But, yeah. you know, what I've heard behind the scenes is like Elecom and Nojima are the two that paid the quarterbacks the most. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I like, don't know. I don't know. Significantly what, uh, more yeah. generally speaking. No. I'm going 35-17 Obik. Okay. So we're all very close in score. The only one that's different is you think Asahi Beer. Asahi yeah. uh, Beer Silver Star is going to upset Nojima, Greg. Yeah. That's the only the difference. Only, yeah. yeah. He's the only one that thinks there's going to be that one. Going Everything against the Greg. I'm probably going to be wrong, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Yeah. And you BJ, you're writing know. this down, too. I see you're writing it down. So at least mm-hmm. I... Uh, you can uh, later on when we te- when we go back and forth, let me know and we'll uh, we'll it'll be it. We'll can compare notes over the weekend. When we're watching the games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting weekend for sure. I'm looking forward to it that next week and stuff. So, yeah, you know, I know I know being it'll be the first game, you know, I'm going to go there just because, you know, a lot of I, I'm going to support my old teammates, you know, right. I, lo- I love all those guys still and. You know, I'm cheering for them and stuff like that. And, you know, I messaged. It, it was funny, too, because a lot of them, I, I actually messaged them. And it was like, you need to work on this. You need to work on this. And they're like, you're not even on our team anymore, but it still feels <laughs> like you are. Well, like, that I'm gets me. Like, yeah. Well, that gets me. All of them. Yeah. Well, yeah. that gets me. And what I wanted to ask you before we wrap up here, mm-hmm. you retired mm-hmm. and you're coaching. So tell us about your, tell us about coaching and coaching college. Man. Um. When I tell you, you know, and John talked about the turbulence and things like that. I mean, the turbulence, it, it was insane, um, you know, for about a good month. You know, I, I wouldn't say I was, you know, too far down the rabbit hole, but it, it, it was a shock and things came at me and I felt all kinds of emotions and things like that. And I, I didn't know where I was going to end up. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know. I had no plan. Um, but, you know, um, probably one of the greatest coaches in Japan history, um, Mori-san, who was at the Kajima Deers for how long, Lixo for how long, and now he's at the University of Tokyo. Um, I give him a call and was like, hey, do you need a D-line guy? And he was like, he said, when you give it to Japan, we'll meet, you know, and we'll talk and stuff like that. And, you know, it was never, it was more so with him. It was like, what was, where was my heart at? And things right. like that. And, um, you know, he brought me in and the kids, I mean, <laughs> I don't need, I don't deserve these kids is what I'll say. I mean, the, the first day at practice, you know, I mean, and I, I, you know, I don't think of myself as anyone special. I don't think anything I did was very like in my career. I look at my career and I, I'm very always hard on myself and I'll never really give myself the praise and stuff like that. I, I, my 10 years playing here in the X league, I did a lot of good. And I will say that, but I look back at it as like, I didn't really do anything special. I just did what was expected. I just did the basic. I showed up, put the work in, and that was it. And these kids, man, they were chanting my name, you know, BJ, and they were, they're, you know, and they, they, they just seemed so excited. And I, and that was the first thing I said, I was like, look, I'm not no one special. I was like, but I'm here to make this program special. I was like, you know, the university of Tokyo, we're not known as a powerhouse, you know, and that all changes right now. You know, Morisan brought me in and I'm going to do my, my best to make you guys just not even the best players, but, you know, the best men and, and that I can do. Right. And, I mean, it's been a blessing, seriously. I mean, I have – I mean, my kids are awesome, man. My D-line, 
I work with the D-line linebackers every now and then, but these kids are just so, so receptive and they're so, you know, humble. And I mean, three, three of my kids are going to be doctors. Like, I think one's going to be planning to be a heart surgeon. One's studying to, like, I have another two kids that are studying to be corporate lawyers. Like, you know. You're talking about the University the- of Tokyo players, not your actual kids, right? <laughs> no, well, my it kids- just... I think yeah, I, have, I mean, um, you're talking. Yeah. Now. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. When I'm talking about, yeah, because it talking sounds like you talk about your own kids, you know? Yeah. Well, that's how I look at them now. Right. Like, like I've taken these kids in and that's just kind of the way I speak about them is that they, they are like, to me, they are my kids, you know? And like, I, you know, and I talk to them about a lot of things, you know, I don't just talk football. I ask them, like, Hey, how's school? How's life? How's everything? You know, because for me, I've had those coaches, you know, and I've, I've had those coaches who I still talk to, to this day, you know, and they, they they're more proud of me about how I've become as a person, as, as a father, as a, as a husband than I ever was as a player. Like when I called all of them to tell them, Hey, I finally hung it up. They're like, man, just watching you through your social media and keeping up with you through all these years. You're an amazing father. You're an amazing husband. I'm so proud of you. And that was the, they never said like, Hey, the player you became and things like that, because that's, what's more important. Right. So that's the things I'm trying to push as a coach and, you know, the University of Tokyo, we played uh, Waseda last week. And I think the year prior, Waseda blew us out. I think it was like 50-something to three or 60-something to three or something like that. And we were in it. We were in it. With five minutes left, we were only down by uh, one possession. It was 16 to eight with five minutes left, you know. And um, the kids really saw that, that they believe that they're not, they're not, that you know, that much of a difference between them and stuff like that and it's been awesome you know just helping these kids develop you know there's there's a love of the game that they have that's you know you think of the university of tokyo and john talks about right academically they're probably the top university oh yeah but yeah. these kids love it you know they they try and get every every day that i'm there at practice with them they try to get everything they can out of me and i'm trying to and in return i'm trying to give everything i have to them you know Um, when I'm not there I'm watching practice and I'll send my notes to them you know and you know and I I told the the senior the defensive leader uh, I told him he's like if you ever feel like I'm not living up and that I'm not giving you enough I was like you tell me he's like just like I'll tell you when you're not giving me enough I'm gonna tell you right when you're not giving me enough effort when you're not when you're slacking and things like that I'm gonna tell you and if that ever happens with me I want you to tell me I was like, we're going to hold each other accountable, right? And, you know, I think traditionally we're not a powerhouse, but I think in a few years, the way that Morisan is leading this team, and I think with the impact and the knowledge that I have as far as on the defensive end, I think I think we'll start to compete within a year or two. So it's been fun, man. I mean, it's like, it's rejuvenated. And outside of being able to hit people, I don't know. I think I might like coaching more than I like playing. <laughs> Like I told my wife that one day after a meeting I had with my kids online, I was like, you know, outside of being able to like lay somebody out and just <laughs> drill a quarterback, like I think I like this more. Like this is way more fun, you know. And just there's the That's rewards funny. have just been coming, and it's just been it's been awesome. It's been an awesome experience, you know. We had our first game in the Tokyo Dome against um, Chuo University, mm. who we weren't supposed to beat, but we beat them. You know, and the kid, and it was in the Tokyo Dome, first time in what 30 years that 
college kids have played in the Tokyo Dome. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they got that experience. They got that taste. And, you know, and then we were on the flip side last week. So, you know, it's been a good experience. Things like that. Um, last week, I had the headset on for the first time in my life. Had no idea what I was supposed to talk about. I'm just, I'm hearing all the communication and I'm kind of like, I've been sitting here for the last five minutes, not saying anything. Um, you know, my first time having to experience that and it's just been, it's been nothing but fun, honestly, man. It's, 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 it's fun. And, you know, I put on Twitter, the, the amount of football I watch is sickening. Like, yeah, I remember seeing that post. <laughs> like it's literally, so right. So today yeah. I'm going to go watch the replay of the Chiefs and the Chargers. I'm gonna okay. watch my. I'm gonna keep my mouth. I got I got it on right now. I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. Yeah, <laughs> I won't well, tell you what's going on. <laughs> no, well, I got fantasy and stuff too, right? So, but like you know, then I got, um, then I'm gonna have my high school, right? And then I gotta watch film. You know, I got, I got stuff I have to break down today. You know, so I'm gonna watch film on, yeah. on our next opponents and stuff like that. And you know, the weekends, right? I'm watching my university, some other big matchups, and then. You know, I watch the NFL, and then yeah. Yeah, it's it's sickening how much football I watch. And the and X while League. you're watching it, do you do like I do? Because I also do the podcast. I I do like mm-hmm. here, like I don't know if you listen to Dan Patrick or Rich Eisen. Mm-hmm. I always mm-hmm. have those guys on in the background. Oh, just okay. it's it's my wife's like, how can you watch a game and listen and everything? I go, I, I've been doing it all my life as a kid. It's multitasking. Yeah. But you, my wife but then is the same the, way. Yeah. yeah. And then, my, but then my wife's like, but you can't multitask it. I go, it's just different with football. It's it completely yeah, different. Yeah. I can figure it out as I go along. So, yeah. well, gentlemen, Hey, let's, uh, we are close to the end. I know it's daytime over there for you guys. Y'all have to get, uh, get back to your day jobs there. And, uh, we're going to wrap it up for the evening here. So, you know, as we're moving forward here with the season and last year, we didn't touch upon it and BJ, you and I were, looking at uh we're going to talk college ball here this season too we're going to add more on when it when it comes to the podcast and everything you know i am now retired waiting on the move to japan here hopefully in the next month so i've got a lot of time on my hands fortunately to think about football watch football um hopefully be writing pieces for the website gridironjapan.net soon just and what i want to do with that is in terms of you know we've got the x's and o's but I know you and I'll be talking. I want to just get to know what it's like for people back here. What, you know, people always ask me, what's Japan like? I go, well, if you've never been there, it's really hard to describe. But the one thing about sports is there's always that common thing, common thing here. People understand baseball. So if I can talk about Japan in football terms, maybe that's going to help people over here. Just kind of understand the, you know, and John and you and I have always talked about this too. Football is such a, Football embodies so much of the Japanese spirit that, to me, it's almost a no-brainer. If I can explain football in Japan, what's going on there, people will understand Japan more, vice versa. Trying to explain America through football, if you're Japanese, you know, my wife's kind of figured out this football thing. So she thinks she understands America a little bit more with football, even though she says, I don't like football. Yeah, you know, she's seen enough of it. She goes, okay, now I kind of understand, so. But with that said, I'm kind of going long-winded. John, any uh, before we let you go here, what's uh, going on with you? How can people find you? I know you're writing for the newspaper every day. I know you're covering yeah, you can, Sumo. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm kind of on a social media break, but I'm, st- I'm you can still like just Google me and find me. I'm on all of the social media things. If you actually need to contact me, you can just DM me, DM me through any of those. 
Um, in terms of football stuff, you know, I, I agree with you. We got, you know, having BJ on board is, is fantastic. Obviously a legend of the game here and actually having him involved in the college game will help us there. We also have, which we haven't got to today, the second tier. There's an, right. um, we'll get to that, the X1 area. There's an American plane there. And uh, I don't think probably we should get to, because it'll be of the most interesting or the most remarkable thing for foreign fans is the dream ball. Yes, Japan Dream Ball. So we'll get to that maybe in an extra episode. The Ivy League is going to bring over an all-star team, play an ex, uh, basically a Japan team with a few Americans added in. Right. As a tune, it's going to be a tune-up to the uh, the World Championships, the World Cup next year. Um, so yeah, we we'll, Japan's profile maybe be raised a little bit with that game. That's going to be at the Olympic Stadium. But we have we have a ton of stuff. Two divisions in the X League, college game, you know, there's a lot of the stuff we can talk about. So I think we uh, definitely tune in because we have a lot of stuff coming at you every week for the rest of the season. Right. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, uh, definitely going to be doing more with the podcast. So hopefully, you know, this time as we march on from here on out, hopefully kicking out at least a podcast a week, whether it's the three of us talking X League or BJ and I talking college ball, um, you know, and then who knows, you know, I'm trying to. I've got some other people out there that I hopefully we can uh, bring on here to talk football. Hopefully we can get Jim Mullen on um, from Football Canada, bring Zach into, uh, um, you know, bring Zach into the conversation. He's over at um, at um, Gridiron Gallery. Um, maybe talk, find out from him. You know, if he hears anything with any Japanese players coming over to the USFL, well, he's he runs the official USFL podcast. Since over we're there. mentioning Zach, we should probably bring in that 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 quarterback that I name mentioned or that I just mentioned that's playing. He's a childhood friend of Zach's. Really? Aaron Ellis. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron? Ellis. Oh, Aaron. Zach, yeah, right? Doug. Yeah, Doug on it. Aaron wow. Ellis, who uh, who's playing for the Densu Caterpillars, in the he's the mm -hmm. only American playing in the second mm -hmm. division. Okay. Um, him and Zach, yeah, they're they're childhood friends. So yeah, he, over, he was playing in, in Europe. He played he played for the Stuttgart Surge in the in the ELF, but he played yeah. for various other teams in Europe, and uh, he got a win his first week. We'll kind of maybe we'll dive into that next week because yeah, uh, yeah that was yeah. a good game with the with the Caterpillars playing. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was that was a pretty good game. We should probably actually say it. that the games that we previewed just now, we're dealing with the X1 Super, which is the top Super, division, but those yeah. games are not this weekend. Those are the right. weekend of the 24th and 25th. If you want to watch football in Japan this weekend, that second tier starting tomorrow and just, uh, just over 24 hours, uh, the 17th, the 18th and the 19th, there will be the X1 area games. Although I think there's a typhoon swinging by. So we'll, yeah, we'll see, see. We'll see what that is. Those games actually go ahead, but uh, that's, we get into that, but that's probably a more competitive, interesting division, that second tier. So Yeah, the games, you know, the games, all those games that, that were played, I watched all the games the week before. Um, you know, I've got via the streaming service with the X League. Those were pretty good games. I mean, it yeah. was uh, definitely a lot. The games are a lot closer than what they were during the Super Week. Yeah. Um, and the um, isn't as good, but I mean, if, if there's usually something of interest all the way to the end. Um Right. So, and because the top teams will get a shot at the bottom extra on super teams in the yeah. promotion relegation playoffs, you know, they they might be worth paying attention to. So. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll definitely, like I said, with the new season, when, mm. you know, more time, you know, more time on my hands, we got BJ in the, in the coach's room and, and, and John will have you, and we'll be, talk, we'll be talking a lot more football. So 
BJ, before I let you, before we wrap up, where pe- where can people find you? Um, you can find me on my Instagram. I have two. Um, so one, my personal one is Buffalo Soja S O J A. Uh, if you want to follow my football stuff, I'm actually doing some uh, coaching clinics as well. Um, some D line skill clinics. Um, that's BJ underscore BD. 23 and then my twitter is bjbd59 so yeah if he has you know hit me up i'm i'm a very friendly guy i don't you know i make friends with everyone <laughs> and if, up, I, I can i can answer any pretty much anything you need to know about the xd either i know it or i know somebody who does know it so right you know and, always uh, open the talk <laughs> and uh if you're looking for us on social media on twitter we're at gridiron japan and for the website, for gridironjapan.net, for the blog. And if you're looking for just to listen to the podcast, you can go to gridironjapanradio.net. Or if you're looking for games in Japan to watch, to get an idea, old Exley games. Um, and we even have college games. We've got links to, to, to that stuff. But you can find that at gridironjapantv.net. And as for me, I'm at CFL America on Twitter. I'm also at Great NFL Fun Book. And uh, I started a new one, too, called at Howard Cosell MNF. For those listening here in the States that are old enough to remember Howard Cosell, it's kind of my homage to Howard and what Howard would say now about football in the 21st century. So BJ is too young to remember Howard Cosell. I wish and I John, was as well. <laughs> and, and John is, John, John being from Ireland, he... Uh, but for those oh. of us, uh, and before I sign off here, yeah, Howard Cosell was football back in the 70s. So I just throw in uh, as well, just one thing, Greg, as well, like Inside yeah. Sport Japan. So like, yeah, Inside Sport Japan is on all social media platforms. Uh, that's my own media company. Obviously, we cover sumo and rugby as well. But uh, if you're looking for hot takes and uh, bear poking and wasp's nest poking, you know, follow Inside <laughs> Sport. Our, our Always entertaining. Purposes. Yeah, just to uh, create chaos in the game of football. <laughs> and, and lastly, John, I'm going to give you a plug too here. Um, if you have access to the Japan Times via yeah. your tablet or just even hard copy, um, read John's columns in the Japan Times if you're interested in sumo or John, how often do you kick out a column in the Japan Times? Is that a daily so basis? My sumo column is weekly. Weekly. Um, yeah, it comes in the physical paper every Thursday morning. So it's usually online Wednesday nights in Japan. Uh, NHK as well, which is the national broadcaster of Japan. We do programs on that. Uh, NHK World as well. So, and if you have if if you have watched recently uh, on HBO Sports yeah, with Brian Gumbel, yeah. John was on there too. Yeah, yeah, we did Brian Gumbel, uh, Real Sports, HBO, the... 37 Emmy Awards, I think they have right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, there's an X League Emmy Award connection. Devin, Devin Gardner. Gardner. Devin Gardner, who's doing the college football now. He got an Emmy. Congratulates, yeah. Congratulations to him, yeah. the former Nojima Sagamihara Rise, Michigan quarterback. Spent mm-hmm. time, I think, with the Steelers and the Patriots as well. Um, so, yep. yeah, but uh, Real Sports, they, come, they came and they did sumo. So I was, that was good. That was a very good episode. When you told me about it, I'm like, Oh, I got to go to that. And, uh, it was very cool too. And again, I grew up, you know, just watching that episode and, you know, it's, it was Brian Gumbel and, you know, Brian Gumbel was, I mean, much like, you know, even in the seventies, he was 
part of the NFL. So it was, I was very happy when I saw your, your, your face pop up and you talked and I learned, I walked away from that learning much more about sumo than I knew going into it. And um, well, that's, that's good. Anyway, that's hopefully. Yeah. yeah. So with that said, Hey, on behalf of BJ, John, and myself, thank you for listening. And we will be talking to you and you'll be listening, hearing from us very soon. Have a good night, gentlemen.